Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we can't help but to stand on, on this hymn, this first opening hymn. It's Standing on the Promises, so it's hard to sing this hymn sitting down. Standing on the Promises, hymn 180, hymn 180, hymn 180, Standing on the Promises. And then we have an opening word of prayer. Lord, uh, this evening, Father, and Father, I'm sure everyone in this congregation, Father, could give a testimony of how they've stood in your promises, and Lord, you are a God, Lord, who delivers on the promises that you keep. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that you bless the preaching and the teaching of your word. May it found on the, may it be planted on the fertile uh, soil of our hearts, and uh, may it bear fruit. It is in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen and amen. If you can continue to stand up, we're going to stand up for Jesus. Amen. amen. Hymn 502, hymn 502, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Normally we would have you sit on the second hymn, but it's hard to sing this one sitting down. We need to stand up for Jesus. Amen. Hymn 502, sing along. Oh, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Yeah. 
from Sunday, all right, get them out, Brother Marco, he's, you know, he's not here, so uh, we'll, you know, I'd just like to do it short and simple, amen, so pull those out, but pray for Brother Marco, Miss Eva, she had a, a uh, doctor's appointment today for her uh, surgery on her foot, so she's doing good, but she, after the doctor got through with her, she was really in pain. They were here today, ready for worship this afternoon, but uh, I asked them to go home because she didn't need to come. But anyway, pray for them, okay? Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. But back in your your bulletins, please do not forget, Saturday, 9.30, soul winning. Uh, so please be here ready to go. Men, you come. Ladies, y'all come as well. And uh, we'll go out and knock some doors. Uh, and then also, please remember, we need to Bring your uh, school supplies for the children, the, uh, the uh, containers out here if you would like to put some in there. But we need those. Uh, uh, Sunday's the last day. Uh, we're trying to get, gather those things up, so please uh, don't forget to bring those, all right? Um, also, I want to thank, brother, uh, thank uh, the folks that went yesterday for, to the Creation Museum. We had right at 50 that went, so a uh, great group. Had a lot of folks, enjoyed it. it I, that's the second time I've been. I enjoyed it, and uh, I went through as fast as your grandkids will, you know, or as slow as they will allow you to go through until you get to the dinosaur part, and then you kind of skip all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But we had a good time. But uh, go back. It's an awesome place. It's just around the corner, and uh, so we, we just had a good time, all right? so But remember those things. Look on your, your bulletin. It's got all the other activities in there, so please read that, all right? Uh, if you'll go ahead and get your uh, prayer sheet out, and everybody have one of those. If not, if you'll just raise your hand. We'll, if you do not have one, we'll make sure that you get one. Uh, but please, uh, let's look on that. And while you're getting that out, let me, uh, if you can help with the lawn tomorrow evening, please come and uh, to help. Uh, they've, uh, they've been, uh, there's a couple of the men that are working now, so they could use a little bit of help. But we also need you to bring some lawn equipment if you can, uh, and for and and I'm not going to go into details, but just to uh, quickly, someone broke into our storage area out here. They broke into the the lawn, the shed that we have in there, all of it under lock and key. They stole the church trailer out of there, and uh, they stole a bunch of our lawn equipment. They didn't get our big lawn mower. Uh, but they got most everything else. So, uh, but uh, but we're we're working with that, talking to the police about it. Uh, but if you can come tomorrow and help and uh, bring some of your, you know, weed eater or blower, whatever, uh, that would be great. And if you talk to Brother Kerry or Brother Elias about that, uh, about what time, so and about what maybe they might uh, need you to bring. So, but uh, anyway, just please don't forget about that. All right, and. Pray for the people that took it, that, you know, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord, I shall repay. And I told the detective today, I said, I'm just, it's God's stuff, I'm just going to tell God on them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And God take care of it. But, uh, uh, so anyway, keep that in your prayers. But please, if you can come, please uh, do that tomorrow evening. I think they come between f around five or six, so don't forget about that. Uh, your prayer sheets. Uh, a lot of folks on there, uh, health concerns, some who have had surgery, like Miss Eva, uh, Brother um, uh, Carwild, uh, knee replacement as well, and uh, just a lot of folks on here. Please keep them in your prayers and uh, that the Lord will watch over them. A special prayer for uh, Smitty Ribble, if y'all please remember him as well. I visited him the other day. Uh, Monday, in fact, and just uh, please keep them uh, in your prayer. 
Uh, and again, pray for our day Sunday. Folks will be back, be in their place. We had several that were sick this past week, uh, but they're all on this list. And uh, so please, uh, again, take some time and call their name out. Get your pictorial directory out and put a name uh, with your prayer sheet. I promise you it'll make a difference in the way you pray. So uh, lift them up in prayer, all right? Uh, I want you to also remember to pray for Brother Abel's. It's good to have my, uh, I don't have many friends, but Brother Abel's is my friend. And uh, he came all the way from Springfield, Missouri, just so he could experience Texas heat. <laughs> he said he loves it and wished he could live here. Amen? <laughs> no, that is not what he said. <clears throat> he just said, man, this is hot down here. And I said, yes, sir. Uh, you know, but anyway, but we've had a good time today, but uh, he's going to be preaching for us tonight, and I look forward to that. I, I enjoy, uh, enjoy Brother Abel's. He's, he's just a good friend, so pray for him uh, while he's here, all right, and I appreciate that. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, let's ask the Lord's blessing upon our worship tonight, upon our offering as well, and uh, may the Lord bless you. Father, I pray, God, that you'd be with us and uh, God, thank you for our folks that have come tonight, Lord, their faithfulness. And, Lord, I know it is hot outside, but, Lord, I'm thankful for the, the place that you've given us to come inside and worship. I pray, God, that you'd bless tonight, uh, be it Brother Abel's as he preaches, Lord. And, uh, God, I pray that you give him liberty as he preaches, and may we receive what you have for us through him. And, and uh, Lord, so speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray, God, a special prayer for our folks that are sick. Lord, I lift up. Uh, Brother uh, Smitty, Lord uh, Ribble, God, please be with he and Miss Linda, Lord. Uh, he's been having some better days these last couple of days, so I just continue to pray for him. I pray also, Lord, for Miss Eva, Lord, and who's still recovering from some pretty major surgery on her foot. So, God, I pray that you'd be with her and Brother Marco. I know Brother Marco wanted to stay, but, God, I just uh, I just pray that you'd be with them and, and help her in her recovery for Brother Carwile, Lord, as he uh, also recovers from uh, knee replacement surgery. And, uh, Lord, and, and there's many others on our list tonight, God, that we lift up in prayer for Brother Gary. Lord, it's good to see him tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you continue to be with his help for Miss Erica, Lord, who's just, uh, God, who's uh, cancer-free. And, Lord, you've answered prayer, and I'm thankful for that. And I pray, God, that you would be with her as she gets her strength back. And, uh, so, Lord, and, and again, others on our list, I pray, God, that you'd be with them, be with all of our folks, Lord, tonight. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, if you do not come back before Sunday. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, and prepare our hearts, uh, God, during the week to be ready to be back in your house to worship you, Lord, this coming Lord's Day. Bless us Saturday as we go out and knock doors. And I pray, God, that you'd prepare the hearts of those that we go see and pray that you'd prepare the hearts of those that... Lord, do the knocking on the doors, and may the Holy Spirit of God give them the words that they need, Lord, as they uh, encourage and talk to people about their souls. Lord, I pray, God, tonight that you'd be with this offering. Thank you, Lord, for the gift and the giver, and I pray, God, that we'll use it for the furtherance of the cause of Christ here in this place. And, Lord, we give you praise for it because it's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 579, hymn 579, Banner of the Cross. We'll just do the verse and the chorus, and then afterwards, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for tonight's study. Hymn 579, hymn 579, the Banner of the Cross.
you go ahead and remain standing if you don't mind and turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 14. It's good to be here tonight. I appreciate the opportunity. I've been here before. Uh, it's been a little couple of years but uh, have always enjoyed coming back. I love Texas. I was saved in Texas. I was married in Texas. I was, uh, I, I was uh, uh, married. Uh, both of my kids were born in Texas. So if it wasn't for Texas, I might not be very much. But I'm from Tennessee, and if it wasn't for Tennessee, there wouldn't be no Texas. So let's just go ahead and lay it all out there in the open so we can know exactly uh, where we're at tonight. In Second Chronicles chapter 14, we're in the time period in the Bible, what I would consider the kings and the prophets, the kings and the prophets. David uh, was, we know, the king that was the line of Jesus Christ, even though Saul was the first king. But David was the, was the king. His son uh, Solomon was the next king, and Solomon brought the height of Israel to greatness. And then uh, he, at the end of his life, he began to wane, go against God, uh, had too many women for sure. Uh, one woman is enough. Somebody say Amen. amen. And Solomon, uh, Solomon got in trouble with God over this. And uh, because of that, God said that the kingdom would split. And so the next king, Rehoboam, he was the son of Solomon and the kingdom split. And Jeroboam brought calf worship to the northern tribes of Israel. And in the southern tribe, Rehoboam was there until his son, Abijah, came on the scene. And he had war with Jeroboam and eventually Abijah was the one that kind of did away with Jeroboam. And then, then when you read about the north, you never have a good king, but what you do have is you have assassinations and you have uh, uh, coups and you have all kinds of wickedness uh, that goes on until eventually you get people like Ahab and Jezebel. And that's not what I'm going to preach on, but I'm rather looking at the line that's in the southern part. As I said, David and then uh, Solomon and then Rehoboam and then Abijah, and then Abijah had a son named Asa. All right, now Asa comes on the scene, and if you were to read in Kings about Abijah, it just said he was evil, but the truth is, if you read Chronicles, you'll find out that he was good for 30, uh, he was good for, uh, why, there were some things that he did good. In fact, look at Second Chronicles chapter 13 and verse 18, as the Bible tells us that he goes against uh, Jeroboam, and it says, Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. And that was during Abijah. But then after Abijah comes Asa. And that's what I want to deal with tonight. So I'll give you an idea of where we're at. Now Asa, for 35 years, did that which was right and good in the eyes of God. And then the last five years he messed up. Now, there's a message in that. Don't go to the end of your life and mess everything up. If God's done something and you do right, don't mess it up. And I've seen that happen. The end of people's lives, they go off the deep end or do something they shouldn't. But I want to deal with Asa during the good years because I believe Asa shows us something tonight that all of God's people need to understand, and it's this. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. We are the ones that make it complicated. Life is not, Christianity is not that complex. Now all of the eggheads and the Calvinists and all those kind of people, they want to make it complicated, but it's not complicated. So just keep that in mind, and I want you to go with me to 2 Chronicles 14, and notice Abijah dies, sleeps with his fathers, they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, that's who we're going to deal with tonight, his son reigned in his stead. 
In his days, the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places. And he broke down the images and he cut down the groves. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. And he took away, and he took uh, away out all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. Notice how that when you do right and get things cleaned up, that God gives peace. And then the Bible begins to talk about how he built fence cities. Because how, how, how was he able to build these fence cities in Judah? Because the Bible says, for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Amen. Therefore, because of all that, he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make them, about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God, and we have sought Him, and He hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Isn't that amazing? Right. It's not that difficult. It's pretty much that simple. Right. And Asa had, a, Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, 204 so roughly uh, 500-something thousand men he had that were, notice it says, mighty men of valor. Now drop over to verse 15 and notice with me here. And the Spirit of God came upon Ahazra, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa. All right, So all of these things are going on, and he goes out and he meets Asa, and he says, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. I think that was God through the prophet telling him because the last five years of his life he messed up. But he said, Can you notice with me? He goes, Hey, as long as you seek him, he'll be found. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without the true God. And without a teaching priest. Now this is what I believe. I believe now he goes back and he begins to talk about the time of the judges. Remember the time of the judges? Remember how it is uh, phrased in the word of God? Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So he goes, he goes to uh, Asa. He, he says, Asa, do you remember that in Israel they were, out with, they, were out, they were without the true God, without a teaching priest, without the law? But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And the nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded." Now, over and over, Asa, we see that he, I believe, influenced by Abijah, his father, even though his father didn't do right, because he went against uh, Jeroboam, because he, uh, the children of uh, Judah prevailed and relied upon God, Asa saw what God can do if a people will be obedient and a people will obey God and a people will seek after God and a people will be strong for God, God can work mightily for them. However, the prophet said, if you forsake God, then God will forsake you. You know what, my friend? It's pretty much just that simple. It's not complicated. So let's ask God to help us in the next few minutes just to look at this idea. Hey, it's just that simple. Lord, would you help tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, we really begin to read in Asa, after you get into Asa. Asa was somebody that goes, hey, let's go back to the way it was under my great-grandfather David. You see, my father Abijah, I saw him do some good things, but I also saw, saw him do some evil things. Uh, we could go back to Rehoboam, and it was Rehoboam who in his pride 
uh, really split the kingdom when the old men came, or the, the, uh, the, the people came to him and said, you know, Solomon was pretty hard on us while he was the king. And man, if you go back and just read all of the things that took place under that uh, kingship of Solomon, all of the things, I mean, it's an amazing uh, record of what took place. In fact, it was so amazing that when the queen of Sheba came to hear, uh, see what, uh, what all the hullabaloo was about because she had heard about all of the things of Solomon and, and when she got there, the Bible says, there, and she saw all of this, she said, one thing she said was the half wasn't even been told. I, I mean, I didn't even, I mean, it's not even halfway what I heard. And then the Bible says this, that her spirit was removed from her. Meaning that it, she was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on that it literally, she almost passed out. She just couldn't, she just couldn't believe what she was saying, seeing. And she said, and your servants are happy and all of these people that are there. And, and then you begin to read about it and how that every month or every two months somebody had to come and then it tells about all of the food that it took just to feed Solomon's house. It's an amazing thing. But you know, Asa goes, I'd rather be it more like that under my great-grandfather and grandfather uh, uh, Solomon and David than it was under Rehoboam, my grandfather, and my father, uh, Abijah. I'd rather go back. And so literally, this is one of those times down in the southern part of Judah that there's a a little bit of a revival going on. Now, it all started back in chapter 13, verse 18, when it said, they prevailed because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. And so we see that Asa's father, Abijah, defeated Jeroboam to the point that, listen, Jeroboam in the north will never recover. He will never recover. And uh, again, if you just read the story of the kings and the prophets of the Old Testament, and the, in, I'm sorry, in the northern kingdom, it's a disaster. In fact, in my personal Bible reading right now, I just read through Elijah and, and, uh, and Ahab and Jezebel and Jehu, how he comes on the scene. And, and so you think, and Jehu kills all of the prophets of Baal. I mean, he locks them in a room, kills them all. And you think, oh, this is going to be good. And the next thing you know, he turns around and he says, let's go back to calf worship like what Jeroboam did. And you're like, come on. And so it's just, it's just all over the place. But this is one of those glimpses tonight that we get a hold of and go, uh, listen, we can, we can make it just this simple. Uh, we can uh, rely upon the Lord God of our fathers. We can do that which is right in the eyes of God. Uh, we can take away the strange altars that are in our house. I'm just telling you, sometimes God's people have things in their home and in their life that ha- they have no business having in their home. It's amazing to me that some of the movies that God's people will put themselves in front of. I'm telling you, they're like altars. They're like groves. Uh, they're like uh, wickedness. That, they're like images that need to be break down and get out of your house. And Abijah uh, wanted, to, I'm sorry, uh, Asa wanted something good to happen in Israel. And he, said, he says, let's go, back, uh, let's go back and do what our forefathers did. Now again, I will have to preface this message by saying that at the end of Asa's life, there was an alliance that he had that caused him not to finish well. But that was only five years out of 35 good years. And I want to deal with the good years tonight because as a leader, he was a man that uh, inspired the people to do right and to follow the Lord. He was going in the right direction, doing the right thing, and then he finishes wrong. He trusted God, and when he messed up, it was because he trusted man. And he made an alliance uh, with a wicked king of Syria, uh, Ben-Hadad, who had never done anything good. The Bible teaches us that there is a battle between good and evil, and there's always been a battle between that which is right and that which is wrong. And here the battle is between two kingdoms, if you could put it that way, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And the battles were over worshiping God. Now in the northern kingdom, they were, they were worshiping Egyptian calf worship because that's where they got that in the first place. Remember when they were down in Egypt and they came out of Egypt 
And Moses is leading them and he's going to lead them into the promised land. And then Moses says that God has called me to the mountain and I'm supposed to go up there and I'm going to be up there till God uh, tells me to come back. And he goes up there and he gets the Ten Commandments. He gets the law of God. He meets with God. And while he's up there, the people become restless and they start running around like a bunch of uh, yahoos and saying things like we wish not where Moses was well you should have known where he was he told you where he was going and he told you we'd be back when at the appropriate time but instead they, 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 they commanded or they influenced Aaron who can you believe this Aaron would be the high priest and they, they influenced him to say, uh, build us a God. And so he, they take their earrings off and they take their jewelry off and they begin to mold in a, a, a calf. Right. And listen, I grew up with cows. I can't believe anybody would worship a cow. Right. They're not like the most smartest animal in the world anyway. Right. But here they were. And then Moses comes down and he's like, what in the world's going on? And Aaron goes, well, this calf just popped out of the fire. Yeah, right. Wicked, and they were naked, and they were dancing around it, and there was all kinds of wickedness going on. Really, that's called worldly worship. Worshiping the things of the world. Well, now it's back in Israel under Jeroboam. They've put one up in the northern part of Dan and one in the southern part of the northern kingdom in Bethel, and they've got these calves, and they're worshiping them. And listen, and down in the south, you've got Judah, and, and Asa's going, no, we, we need to worship God. Now listen, I don't have time to develop this, but if I had time, I would just tell you that when some of the people in the north saw what was going on, and you can read this for yourself, when some of the people, uh, Ephraim and other places, saw what was going on and the revival that was taking place under Asa and the blessings of God that was taking place and the groves being torn down and the Sodomites being run out of town and all of these things going on, they said, hey, we want to go down there. And that's why you have some of the kings of the north that start building walls so that they would not uh, go down there because he didn't want to lose them. But there were still people in the north that said, hey, we want to worship God correctly. So really this is a, a battle about truth and lies. It's a battle about obedience to the word of God versus rebellion toward God. But I want us to do tonight is this. I want us to just look at, at a at a, a section in the life of Israel for this 35-year period that if, they, if we would just do that which is right, what God would do. In other words, if we could just be in obedience and total obedience, we could see what the results look like. Amen. Now you think about 35 years, that's a long time. I've pastored for 35 years. It seems like 35 minutes underwater. You'll get, some of y'all get that. No, it's been a great 35 years. But 35 years, that's a pretty, that's a, that, I mean, I started pastoring when I was 29 and I'm now 30, uh, 63. So that, I'm just telling you, uh, this, was a, this was a time where they were doing that which is right. And here's what I want us to look at. Life is not that complicated. God's people make it complicated. When they begin to do calf worship. And they begin to build groves and they begin to worship idols and when they begin to bring things into their home that shouldn't be there right. and, or they begin to listen to music that they shouldn't listen to or they, uh, they, they uh, listen, we live in a, a world today that, that, that everything is at our fingertips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Now listen, I'm just telling you, but God's not going to bless some of that stuff. Right. Yep. It's just that simple. I think we make things complicated when we get out of bounds. And Asa and his time as king was found to be just, sim- it was a, just a simple thing that he obeyed and, and, and it got complicated when he disobeyed. And the life of a believer need not to be complicated. Right. Man, we just need to be going, Lord, I mean, I just want to serve you. Lord, I want to obey you. I want to I do that which is right. I, I want to tithe. I want to give to missions. I want to read my Bible. I want to have a walk with you. I, I want to be close to you. I want to serve God through my church. I want to go out and visit people. I want to uh, do that which is pleasing to God. It's not that complicated. 
While it is true that we have to deal with the culture and the flesh and the devil, it comes down to being pretty simple. And it's found this in verse number 2 of chapter 14. But I want to show you something tonight. There is a progression that takes place. In chapter 14 and verse 2, Asa just did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He, uh, hu- uh, humanly for God's people, humanly for God's people, it's just that simple. Now, life is complicated. Uh, life, life throws you curves is what I should say. Things happen that you don't have any idea that's going to happen. But you know what? God will help you through those times too. In fact, look what happened in verse number three. Because if you do that which is right, it doesn't mean that you just sit around and do nothing. No, it means that you do, when you do right, that means that that's an action word. When I say I'm doing good, that means I'm doing something. That means I'm, uh, I'm proactive. I'm not just sitting in my chair. Do, I'm doing good. No, that's not doing good. Doing good means to do actions. It means to, like I said, read your Bible. It means to tithe. It means to uh, go to church. It means to uh, have a walk with God. That's doing something. And those things are right. Well, look what he did in verse number three. He took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places. And he broke down the images and he cut down the groves. And then he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers. In other words, he is, he is encouraging them to go back to the way things were. And, and so while it doesn't say this, you know what that means? Let's go back to the Passover. Let's go back to the feast. Let's go back uh, to the doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. That's what God commanded us to do in the law. And so just like he, he took action, he understood that idolatry and the sexual perversion that was in the land was against the ways of God. And by the way, they were against the ways of God then, they're still against the ways of God now. So as a leader, he said, let's go back to God's way. Let's be more like the days of my great-great-grandfather David. So notice what the Bible says now in verse number 4. Again, he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers. And to do the law and the commandments. So here's what he says. Let's seek God. Uh, then as we seek the Lord, let's do what the Word of God says. You know, sometimes people, well, the Bible is so complicated. It's not really that complicated. You know what I'm saying? It's not complicated. In, in, in fact, if you say, well, I just don't understand it all. Well, I don't know that we'll ever understand it all because it is an inexhaustible book. But why don't you be more concerned about the things that you do understand? I mean, this I do understand, so I need to be doing what God says. The longer I'm saved and the more I read and study the Bible, the more I realize I don't understand everything, but I know simply it's pretty simple just to do what it says. Don't worry about what you don't know because there's plenty that you do know that'll keep you on the right path. You know, when, the, when you consider the Bible and, the, and the, uh, how awesome it is, we're really all beginners. You know, I read through the Bible. We have a Bible reading calendar at our church and I know people that they start reading the Bible and they read it all the way through and, and I've got friends that say they read the Bible through four or five times a year. Well, I read through the Old Testament once. I read through the New Testament twice. I read the Proverbs every month. So I read that 12 times. I read the Psalms twice. And so I'm just saying, but every time I come around to the stories and every time I uh, read the Bible, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's good. Or man, I don't remember seeing that, but there it is. There it is. That's what God says. Lord, I, I need to repent. I need to, I, I, may, I hadn't been doing exactly what I should be doing. Everybody getting this? Because the truth is, is we're all beginners no, no matter how old we are. But the instructions are simple here. Seek the Lord, do the law, obey the commandments. Is everybody getting this? Let me say it again. Seek the Lord, do the law, obey the commandments. Notice how God blessed this simplicity in verse 5 through 7. He took away out of all cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom. Look at this. Was quiet before him. Now when you read in the Old Testament, me and my wife, you, we'll be reading the same we're within a couple of chapters of each other. I should be over there grunting and groaning. And, and, and I go, what's wrong? Did, and she, like, I remember like three days ago, she goes, did you just read about this king that sacrificed his son on the wall and burned him? I said, yeah. She goes, I just can't believe that. And then, and then you read about 
the thousands and thousands of people that are killed in war. You're just like, it's, it's overwhelming. My favorite story in all the Bible is no doubt David and Goliath. That is my favorite story. And I, I've said to, uh, we, need to put that on the, we need to put that on the hallway down in the Sunday school where he's cut Goliath's head off and he's holding it up and the blood's dripping out of it. That's awesome. That'd even be good for the girls to understand. I, what's, really, what's really cool about that story is, is when they go off and they fight the Philistines, he kills Goliath, he cuts his head off and they all go. And when David comes back, he's got the head of Goliath in his hand. Now, how cool is that? I think he hung it on his wall. Said, there's my poster. You know, I'm just telling you, they begin to have, they, and the point I was trying to make is, there's always wars. The Philistines comes against them. Everybody's coming against them. But did you see this? When they begin to do that which was right, when they cut down the groves, they got away from the uh, false images, when they, uh, when they did away with the sodomites, when they got rid of all of that, God said, okay, I'm going to give you peace for 10 years. And you know what I found out in my life? When I'm obeying God, the peace of God that passeth all understanding is a part of my life. You know, I've also found out that if I get sideways with God or I have a bad attitude with God or I do something I shouldn't do it, all of a sudden I don't have peace anymore. And there's turmoil and war. You know why? Because it's just about that simple. It's just about that simple. Do you see how simple this was from verse 4 to 7? So in verse number 8, God blesses, and Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000. And out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 240 score thousand. I think that's 280. So three, about 600,000 men, somewhere like that, 250. I mean, that, that's a lot of men. So then all of a sudden, I want you to look at chapter 15. So he goes, listen, he goes, man, God's given us rest. Now in, chapter, in verse 9, through verse 15, there's a war that takes place, and I'll deal with that in just a minute. The Ethiopians bring a million-man army against these 600,000. Guess who wins? Judah does. You know why? Because they sought God. Because they obeyed God. Because that, now, now, so all of a sudden, this, after this war takes place, then the Spirit of God comes up on this prophet, the son of Oded, and he goes out to meet Asa, in chapter number 15, and he said, the Lord is with you, in verse number 2. Then he said this, while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now here's the second thing. So the first thing is this, is we need to just pretty much keep it simple. Well, what does that mean? Obey God. Do his commandments. But then in chapter 15, he said, hey, it goes a little bit further. You need to seek God. What does that mean for us? That means prayer and Bible reading. Well, there you go. There's that simple thing again. You know, it's not that difficult to understand that the only way we can seek God is through the Word of God. And the Word of God is the inerrant, infallible Bible. It's the Word of God. And God has preserved it for us in the authorized King James Version of the Bible. And I make no apology about that. So you know what? We can shout amen about the King James Bible, but what good does it do to shout about it if we don't read it? If we don't seek it? So, so we go, okay, well listen, we not only have got to make it simple and obey, but we got to seek God. And God allows this prophet to show up during this time of obedience and remind them, listen, continue to seek God. Because he says this, and I'm trying to do this for time's sake. He says, because there was a time period in the, book of, in the time of Judges when they, would, they quit seeking God. And then God would bring an enemy. And then they would cry out to God. And then God would raise up a judge. And then they would do right. And then they, and there would be a time of peace. And then they would do wrong again. And then they would cry out. And, the, the, and, it, and, and all these enemies would come again. And that's what he's telling them. There was a time period in the life of Israel when it was up and down. And he even says as those times that was peace and great vexations on the inhabitants when God was blessing. But as soon as you quit seeking God, then these things begin to happen. So he says this, well, basically this prophet comes on to say, Asa, you're doing good, you're doing the simple things, but listen to me, don't quit seeking God. 
and, and the Lord is with you while you be with Him. It's always amazing to understand the truth that God is always the same, never changes. We serve a God that is good all the time, no matter what, even when we don't understand. He shows mercy. His grace is amazing. We were, I was just talking to the preacher today. We're talking about the time of grace. We're talking about the church age that we live in. Did you know that when people get saved and, and the grace of God comes upon people that the angels, the Bible said, they don't even look, they don't understand it. The Peter said they desire to look into this. Isn't that amazing? That the angels of heaven who are the messengers of God, the ministers, the flaming ministers of God and do his bidding, they go, man, what's the deal with those people? I don't understand that. Do you know why? Because God's a God of grace. It is we that make it complicated. And so he begins to describe the time of the judges. You remember that time? Every man did that which was right in their own eyes. They tried to do it their own way and and God brought trouble during that time. You know, you know, I was telling our church this a couple of weeks ago. We went, we went to youth camp and senior camp. I mean, senior camp, and then we went to uh, junior camp and senior camp together. We had about 35 go, and I went down, because I am the biggest kid in the church. But because of our uh, missionary coming home to his sisters getting married, and uh, I just it was time for him to take a break. They'd had a lot of things going on. I said, well, why don't you come to our vacation Bible school? He does a great job. And so uh, he comes, and so what I'm trying to get to is we had camp one week and VBS the very next week. That's the killer on staff. Preacher just, my wife said, you just make plans, and then they have to execute. I go, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Do you see the problem with that? You boy, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But anyhow, (laughs) the point I was going to make is I love camp, and I love VBS. You know why? You know why I love camp, and you know why I love VBS? Because we break it, we bring it down to a very childlike level. Now, there's two things I do every year at uh, VBS. I do the pledges, and the pledge of the Bible, and the pledge to the flags, and then I do the pig game at the end. It's an awesome game. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it sometime if you want. If you have VBS, but but listen to this: the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, Bible, God's Holy Word. I like it when we bring it down to simple. I always liked it when my grandkids begin to learn their ABCs. And then they would want to come and say, Papa, you want to hear me say the ABCs? Yep, I sure do. And then when they would come to me and say, do you want to hear me say John 3.16? Yep, I do. Because you know what? Those are the simple things. The Bible, God's holy word. Why do we do camp? And why do we do VBS? And why do we stand up each and every week and preach? Because it's simple. But not only is it simple, but we need to seek God. How do we seek God? Read our Bible. Study our Bible. Have Sunday school lessons from the Bible. Come to church. Listen to the preaching of the Bible. And then we go out and do whatever we want because we really don't care what the Bible says. Everybody get that? Why do you come to church? I hopefully to hear what God says. Lord, teach me something. But you know what? When we go out and do our own thing after we know what the Bible says, it becomes the simple becomes very complicated. When they sought the Lord, God did great things. He fixed their enemies with adversity. And then he says something else. And then look at verse number 7. All of a sudden he goes, now look, so look at it. So in the context of where we're at, verse, verse, uh, chapter 14, just the simple things of obedience, and then the prophet saying, seek the Lord. Then he said this, verse 7, Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. You know, that reminds me of a New Testament, 1 uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Most people know that one. Uh, and I, with, I don't want to mess it up, so I'll just read it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Isn't that what he's saying? Be strong, Asa. Don't let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. It is hard to be strong when you disobey. In fact, you become weak. When you do the simple and seek the Lord, then God blesses. Then it's much easier to become strong for the things of God. 
If you understand the simple and seek the Lord, then life itself can be simple. For 35 years, Asa will be obedient. It's only those last five years that he destroyed all the good by making an affinity with King Ben-Hadad of Syria. But notice what it says in verse number 8. And I want you to just get, grab a hold of this because this is where Asa gets strong. And when Asa heard those words and the prophecy that Oded the prophet, he took courage and he put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Now notice this, I told you this, he begins to gather Judah and Benjamin. And then notice this, the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh, those were in the northern tribes. And out of Simeon, that's another northern tribe. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Now you got people coming from the north saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. They began to give to God. You know what they did? They began to pay off the debt. They began to pay off the debt. You know, when I became pastor of Berean Baptist Church back in the... October of 2000, we didn't have any debt till I got there. And we built new buildings. We built almost a million and a half worth of buildings, remodeled buildings, do that. You know why? Because things get old, things have to be done. But you know, you come 23 years later, we're debt free. Amen. Debt free. You know why? Because we just did the simple things. Amen. And we sought the Lord. And we got strong. And we just said, hey, we need to pay off the debt. And look, look what they did. Look at all this. See, it always, people go, oh, he's always talk, got to preach about money. Money's all in the Bible. Right. And they, they fell out. Not only did these people come down, but they, they offered to the Lord and they entered into a covenant, verse 12, to seek the Lord their God. Look at this. With all their heart and with all their soul. That sounds like the words of Jesus. Sir, I, want you, I don't want half of you, I want all of you. And you know what? If you do the simple, seek the Lord, become strong in the Lord, you'll sacrifice correctly. You'll sacrifice correctly. Now, I want to go back to chapter verses 9 through 14 because a million-man army of the Ethiopians and the Luthams came after them, and they had about half, but yet God blessed them. That's where they got all that money, just so you'll know. That's where they got all that spoil, because God blessed them. You know, when God blesses you, you need to make sure you give your part back to Him. Do you know if you keep it simple, seek God, be strong, give God what belongs to Him, there will be a blessing. You know, I like ABCs. I like the ABCs of Christian growth. I've taught that for years and years and years as a discipleship program. When I begin to think about the simplicity of God's word, I begin to think about the ABCs like A is for assurance of your salvation. Brother, that's about as simple as you can get. We believe the Bible. And we believe that once you're saved, you can never lose your salvation. That's called assurance. Uh, I like B for Bible. I have a Bible. I like C for church. Because I have a church. I like D for daily walk with the Lord. I like E to understand my enemy and F that I have a family and G is for God and H is for the Holy Spirit and I is for immersion, which is one of the doctrines, baptism. You know what? We try to, everybody tries to make it complicated. No, you get saved by the Word of God. You get saved by faith through grace and then you get baptized into a church and you begin to serve God through that church. That's the simplicity of the Scriptures. And then H is for the Holy Spirit, and J is for Jesus Christ, and K is for kinship. Well, what is that? Our Baptist heritage. Hey, we be Baptists. If I wasn't a Baptist, what would I be? Ashamed. Does you understand this? Listen, our, our, our uh, uh, education system don't even realize that if it had not have been for the Baptists, we wouldn't have had the First and Second Amendments to the Constitution. Does everybody got, understand that? 
Because when James Madison wanted to ratify the Constitution, Virginia said, we're not going to do it unless uh, John Leland, he met with John Leland, a Baptist pastor, and he said, no, now listen, we, we, we left England and our forefathers have been pa- uh, persecuted and we came to this land so that we can uh, preach the Word of God and the Gospel and we can have freedom of our conscience and we can baptize people and we can preach the Gospel. And if we don't have a, uh, if we don't have a freedom of religion and a right to bear arms, then we're not going to ratify the Constitution. And James Madison said to John Leland, if you'll go back to the Baptist churches and tell them that we will ratify the Constitution, that we will give those amendments, uh, if you'll ratify it, we'll do it. And James Madison kept his word. And that's why we have freedom of religion. Now, America is not perfect, but I'd rather live here than anywhere else because of the freedoms we do have. How about L, the Lord's Supper? That's the other ordinance. M is for missions. Praise God for missions. Because missions is the heartbeat of the church. Is everybody getting this? This is just that simple. N is for the new birth, telling people how to be saved. O is for obedience. P is for prayer. Q is for questions. In other words, find the answer in the Bible. R is for resurrection. S is for separation. Oh, that's still in the Bible too. Tithing is for T. Unity of the church is U. V for victory. X is X-rated for Christians. And there's some things that the Bible says are X-rated. Y is for your church home. Z is for Zion. Now, when you put it all together, it's pretty much just that simple. So when we leave here tonight, let's just do what God says. And let's make it simple by being obedient. And let's seek the Lord in prayer and Bible study. Seek God. And then, not only that, but let's continue to seek God. And then when we continue to seek God, what do we need to do? Be strong. And then sacrifice correctly. It's all just that simple. It's kind of like probably the most, uh, one of the most, one of the best uh, hymns in the Bible. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Let's all stand tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed. Just a quick little story, man, 35 years just like that in the life of Asa in about 35, 40 minute message.